Welcome to Fit for Duty, Fit for Life. My name is Coach JC, and I am your coach. Each week, we bring you an inspiring winning story, an empowering, motivating winning word so that you can be your best and win more in life. Thank you for joining us today, and now it's time for you to be fit for duty and fit for life. All right, Fit First Responder, what's going on? Hey, we want to welcome you right now back to the podcast, Fit for Duty, Fit for Life. The chances are, if you're here today and you're listening, the chances are that you are the finest, the bravest, the baddest, the toughest. You are the heroes that put your life on the line every single day. And before we do kick this podcast off, we want to say thank you from the bottom of our heart. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for being our hometown military right here on our streets, keeping our city streets safe. Man, we are super stoked that you are here today with us again for another Fit for Duty, Fit for Life podcast. And I'm super excited, man. I have a special guest in the house with me today. But before we do go there, man, you know what time it is, baby. It is time for the winning confession If it's your first time listening in, then I want you to repeat after me. This is our Fit for Duty, Fit for Life winning confession. Man, Fit First Responders is all about providing you the tools to be fit for duty and fit for life. And we believe that just like you train your body, you can train your mind. And there's power in your words. So we have our winning confession that we say every day at FFRonline.tv. And we own it. We claim it. We call those things that are not as if they are. Man, if you're not a first-timer here, you're a veteran, then I know you're hyped right now. You're stoked. And I want you to say it loud and proud, baby. Here we go. Today is my day. No one will get in my way of me being the best version of me. I am here on purpose. I have a purpose. I am strong. I am passionate. I am powerful. I am unstoppable. I am a winner. I am fearless. I choose faith. And last but not least, I am fit for duty. I am fit for life. Yes, you are. Once again, this is Coach JC. You are fit for duty. You are fit for life. Hey, we are super stoked, man. We're coming at you today. Man, over 46 different agencies right now. Tune in every day to FFRonline.tv to become more fit for duty, fit for life through our four pillars, focus, fitness, food, and family. Man, if you've not been over to the website yet, get over there, ffronline.tv. But today I am back in Tulsa, Oklahoma. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm at the headquarters on a podcast live with my main man, our special guest. So I want to, without further ado, introduce you to the man, the myth, the legend from the national, he is the national coordinator for First Responder Task Force, my man, Mr. Tyler Harris. What's going on, boss? <laughs> What's up, Coach JC? Tyler Harris here. And uh, man, I'm fired up to be here. 
come on, man. We are super excited <laughs> that you are here, man. I got to read a little about your mission and uh, what you guys are doing for first responders. And, man, if you're a first responder listening right now, man, you want to turn it up. Man, take some time. Get a notepad out, man. Put this on Rewind a couple times because this young man here sent me an overview of what they do and their mission over at their company. And it, I'm super stoked to introduce him and, and what he's doing for you as first responders. But before we do go there, man, Tyler, here's what I want to do. I want to put you in a hot seat for just a quick minute. And uh, I know you're not a first responder like me. I'm not a first responder, but you do serve our heroes every single day. And I think this is the most important part of the podcast, man. You have first responders listening from overseas, active military, uh, homeland military right here on our streets, from the East Coast to the West Coast, from other countries, police, law enforcement, fire, medics, National Guards. And they're saying, Coach JC, man, who is is Tyler Harris. So I don't think there's anybody better. I could read your bio here, but I don't think there's anybody better than to tell our heroes, the audience, man, who you are. Who is Tyler Harris? Man, what are you about? What do you stand for, man? And how'd you arrive at where you are today in life, my man? Absolutely. And and first off, I want to I want to say thank you for having me. It's it's certainly a pleasure and, and an honor. It's an honor every time I get to speak in front of uh, our heroes. And that's what every single person that's listening to this show uh, is. You're a hero. And, and that's and that's that's really our mission is to, to serve the heroes uh, within our borders uh, with with a with partnership with an organization that's been serving our heroes outside our borders. Uh, since 1947. So I'll just jump right in. Uh, again, Tyler Harris. I live in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm the national coordinator with the First Responder Task Force. Uh, no, I, I'm not a first responder. I don't have that in my personal history, but I come from a military family. So my dad was uh, captain of the 3rd Ranger Battalion. My granddad was a, a colonel, uh, was chief of staff of Fort Benning. Uh, army on both sides uh, of my family. It's funny, I always tell people the story when they ask because they assume that that I was in the military as well, just kind of the way I carry myself and, and with what we do. And, and I always tell them, you know, when I got towards the end of high school, uh, having had army on both sides or military on both sides, you know, my mom had moved 52 times at that point. Uh, my dad had moved 49 times. And so as I chose what, you know, what path I was going to go down career-wise, my mom very clearly said, you're going to go to college and not do the same thing. And the only option for me to, to answer was yes, ma'am. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happened. And, uh, and so did go to college, went to Clemson University. And I will uh, work that window right now to say, uh, go Tigers. Since, uh -oh. it's been, since it's been a while <laughs> since we've been able to say that, <laughs> I got to get it in while I can. Come on. Uh, but went to Clemson University and they got involved uh, with this organization. And you know, the first responder task force and, and what we saw you know, at first, we were just a life insurance company like any other trying to uh, be all things to all people um, and, and very quickly knew uh, that, that that wouldn't work, that we had to do, that we had to create a niche, that we had to find a mission, vision and values uh, that we could get behind. And, and that mission became first responders. Um, to me, uh, my, just my personal opinion is that uh, military and first responders, the, the compensation, the appreciation, it's the biggest disconnect in our society, bar none. Um, and, and it's an epidemic. And it's something that uh, we knew was, was happening. And we tried to figure out within the insurance world, what can we do to make a little bit of a difference in that? Uh, and one of those big things that we found was, was the, what happened post 9-11. 
So everybody knows, you know, 9-11, obviously it changed everything for everyone, especially the people that are listening to this podcast. You know, they, they, they remember it every day. Uh, but what many don't know is what happened post 9-11 and, and specifically as it pertained to the insurance industry. You know, so what, so what 9-11 did in the insurance industry is it shed light on all the exclusions that are buried in the fine print of for-profit insurance policies. Exclusions like hazardous duty, line of duty, uh, acts of war, acts of terror. Now, is there going to be another acts of war in the United States? Probably not. Hopefully not. Acts of terror, we're seeing domestic terror pop up all the time. But hazardous duty and line of duty, those affect, those affect first responders every single time they suit up and start their shift. And so what we found was that we, these exclusions were riddled throughout policies all across the country. And the same policy that you, Coach JC, and myself, that, that's good for us, is not the same policy that is, should be built for a first responder. And the reality is there were people that had these policies that had absolutely no idea because it's not brought to your attention up front. It's buried in that fine print and that packet that comes in the mail that you just stick in the safe and you never read. Mm. And so that's what we realized is that our first task and, and really obligation responsibility was to let these first responders know of these exclusions. Make sure we educate them on that, how to find them. Uh, how to call and ask about them, and, and to make sure that those are not in their policies. The second task was to educate them on the coverage that we provide, which is military-grade coverage. It is a replica built after the SGLI. So it's a no-hold-bar policy. It's made for people that are going into combat, made for people that are in hazardous duty, line-of-duty situations. Uh, so, so with that, we knew that we could create the best possible product for a first responder, make sure we educate them on the things that are inside the policies that they may currently have, and then give them an option. Give them, give them an option that would cover them no matter what. You know, a lot of times the analogy we use, especially within law enforcement, is you know, if you've got a if you've got a sidearm, do you want a sidearm that works 60% of the time or do you want one that works 100% of the time? Mm -hmm. Obviously, you want one that works every single time, and that's. Mm -hmm. what, and so, since then, we've been in agencies. We've got probably seventy coordinators across across the country. We are in agencies every single day: law enforcement, fire, EMS, and and just serving uh, these individuals by doing those two things: educating them on those exclusions and providing them with that military-grade coverage. But the way that we serve them, because that was our mission was to serve those that put themselves in harm's way. So in order to do that, we provide every single first responder with a $5,000 military-grade life benefit at 100% no cost to the individual and 100% no cost to the agency. This is not some enticer, gimmick, anything like that. They do not receive one single phone call, email, piece of mail in their mailbox trying to sell them. We don't share their information with any third party. It is simply a thank you for doing what they do, which is putting their lives on the line every single day. We know $5,000 isn't a lot of money, but it's more than they had before we walked through the door. We paid out 42 of them last year, and I can guarantee you those 42 beneficiaries were not upset in receiving it. And so that's what we do. We, we, we truly serve first responders, sitting down with them one-on-one -on -one in agencies across the country 
every single day. Man, what an inspiration, man. And, and, you know, you listen to that and you say, hey, there's another guy, another individual, another agency, organization that loves first responders, man. And that's why I am blessed to have you on today because, you know, I get that all the time from fit first responders not being active military, past military, not being a first responder. People say, well, why do you do that? Why do you do that, Coach JC? Why do you bust your tail? Why do you hustle and grind? Why do you do all the things you do? Why do you write a book? Why do you go speak? Why do you spend so much and you're on this mission to help first responders? And I know people are probably wanting the same thing about you day in and day out. And listening today, you're probably saying, well, man, why? Why, why do you care so much, Tyler? So I, I first of all say thank you. I think it's important for first responders out there to know that no matter what society says, no matter what the media says, no matter what anybody says, that you are loved, that you are valued, and that there's civilians and citizens out there that every single day are busting their tail uh, to help further uh, your, your quality of life for our active first responders and also are retired. And, and, and I, I want to I I pause somewhere that you said because uh, you said 100%, no cost, to the individual or the agency, did I did I did I hear you wrong? That's correct. That is so, correct. So it cost an individual, a first responder, nothing, and it costs the agency nothing. Absolutely. So why would you not do this? That's a great question. Is and there, the reason why? And the, and I mean, I feel why, I feel like you feel like it's a scam or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the reason why they haven't done it is because we haven't gotten to them yet. And so that's, you know, at, at some point we will get to every single agency. We, we have about 35 more territories that we're trying to fill with coordinators uh, to be able to reach uh, the rest of the first responders. But our goal is to reach 100,000 first responders each year. Uh, that's our goal. We met with about 45,000 uh, first responders last year. Uh, but our goal is to write those policies on 100,000 every single year. Wow. So you guys are going into agencies. Um, are you speaking to the agencies about this and they're promoting it to their individuals? Uh, or, I mean, how's that work? If you have an agency listening right now, what would you say to that agency, that chief, that major, that somebody that's a higher up in an agency that says, well, what do you, I heard you mention agencies. What, what would I do with you guys in my agency? Absolutely. So what we do is it starts off with an initial uh, briefing with um, the chief or, or member of uh, leadership. And we explain to them you know, real quickly who we are, what we do, why we do it. Then we would from there schedule when we're going to come in and serve that agency. When we come in, it's done in a group setting. So, for example, with law enforcement, with law enforcement, we come in during roll call. We give an eight minute brief. We pass out those five thousand dollar policies for them to fill out. And then they meet with us one-on-one -on -one to authorize those policies, which takes two to three minutes per person. We get them in and out and on the road so that we do not interfere with any normal flow of operations. If there's, uh, if, there, if it's a sheriff's office, so they got the correction side, we do the same thing. Come in during their roll calls, and then we'll, we'll meet with all those people during their shift. All the other people like investigators, and this is for not just sworn uh, sworn first responders. It's for all non-sworn, all volunteer, admin. It's for every single person under the direction of the agency, which is extremely important because a lot of times those are the people that get left out of the equation. Mm. Uh, but but we meet with every single person from from the admin uh, to you know, in records to the CID to the actual uh, officer. We meet with every single person. We set up a specific meeting time to get to them. And we are there when they're there. So literally in the last 12 months, I've had days because I still personally uh, work in a territory in Georgia. 
I've had days where I have been in a correctional facility from five o'clock in the morning. I left for 30 minutes around lunchtime and I left at 7 a.m. the next day. Worked 26 straight hours inside a correctional facility, but they had a ton of people for me to get to. It's our job to get to them. And that's just what we do. So it is not a uh, ran- it is not a uh, rare occurrence for me to spend, you know, 16, 18, 20 hours inside a facility, making sure that every single person is getting is given uh, that benefit that they've earned. Wow! And so you said, correct me if I'm wrong. You have 70 individuals right now um, that are part of the first responder task force that are doing what you just said you do go into agencies and spend 24 hours, 40 hours. So basically you go in, you come in during roll call, you know, uh, they like what they see. Um, and then you're going to sign up. You're going to have everybody, every individual. So if they have a thousand, you're going to stay there until all thousand have signed off and have their life insurance done. Absolutely. I'm finishing up this week with the city of Atlanta fire. I'll be going into the city of Atlanta police uh, starting next week. It'll be the second time I've worked both of those agencies. So, you know, we will serve an agency from a six man volunteer fire department out in the middle of nowhere uh, to a 10,000 person police department. It does not matter. Uh, the size does not matter. The individual matters to us. Come on, man. So when when was actual first responder task force created? About five years ago. About a little over five years ago. And were you there from, were you one of the originators? I was not. I've been here for three years now. I've been here for three years. So it's obviously growing. You said you're looking for 30 more coordinators that could spread mm-hmm. this message. Absolutely. Let me ask you this now, man. You have first responders listening right now. And man, a lot of times you, you have so much going on in life. They have to, they have to uh, show up to the job and they have to you know, put the badge on and, and play that role, which is not an easy role. Then they have dad or mom or wife or husband. And you, know, you look at a first responder and you say, well, man, so many times we see them and they put a badge on, but they're human beings first. And they're dealing with all mm-hmm. the things that you and me deal with physical, mental, emotional, they're taking their kids to soccer games and football and all that stuff. Man, if a first responder is listening right now, obviously this probably isn't the first thing on their mind. They're probably saying, well, mm-hmm. listen, man, I got 20 other things on my list that I got to knock out all day. And I mean, I'm just not interested. I don't have time. What are you, you going to say right now? Say, why is this important? And that's what I want to get across. Why is it important for them to have this $5,000 life insurance. What does it matter? Who cares? Does that make sense? Uh, absolutely. I mean, and, and we run in, we run into it from time to time. But yeah, I can, I can think back to three weeks ago when I had a guy that was just during the eight minute brief was just kind of sitting back a little bit, arms crossed, uh, skeptical as, as people, you know, they, they can be, uh, before they understand the story and, uh, just kind of kicked back. And, and when it came time to me passing out the $5,000 policy, uh, he's like, nah, man, I'm good. And at, the, and at the point that where I am now, as far as in my belief and, and what we do and, and understanding uh, the value in it, it, it's hard for me to take that. And so in that, like, in that situation, I said to the guy, I said, you, what do you mean you're good? Uh, no, nah, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't need it. Like, okay, well, it, it'll take you 90 seconds to fill out. It's no cost to you whatsoever. Fill out the form. He's like, ah, uh, it's it's okay. No, this this no problem. And he started to get up to leave. And I told him, hey, are you married? He's like, yeah. He's like, you got any kids? I was like, yeah, I got I got one kid. 
Okay, so this is gonna take you 90 seconds to fill out. I have zero access to your payroll. There's not a place on this form to put any payment information. It takes you 90 seconds to fill out. You have a wife and a child, sit down and fill out the form. But what I understand is that that $5,000 may not seem like a lot to that person that's sitting in front of me, but I can guarantee you when something happens, that $5,000 will mean the world to that kid or to that wife. And, and it's those type of things that, that really, 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 I don't, I don't make any money. I, I make $0 on that person filling out that $5,000 form, zero. Mm. But that's what we're there to do. And we're telling this chief, we're telling the sheriff, we're telling the, the fire chief that, hey, our job is to get 100% participation in this policy. And if you have 300 people and I go back to our headquarters with 287 policies, the very first question out of, out of my superior's mouth is going to be, explain to me why you weren't able to get to those 13. Yeah. Because if something happens to one of those 13 and you were in that agency for, for three days and, and something happens to one of them, that's on me. Mm. And so, man, we're, we're super passionate about it because it's, it's just, they don't think about it. You know, a lot of times, I mean, you have that Superman mentality, nothing's going to happen to me, uh, especially early on in a career. Um, but it's important that someone reminds them and kind of a little, t in a little bit of a tough love kind of a way, uh, but reminds them that they aren't invincible uh, and, and bad things do happen to good people. And we want to make sure that if something bad happens to that person, that not only is their family taken care of, but that they're taken care of in the best way possible. And it's, I'm just extremely fortunate to be in a situation to where I know, hands down, without a doubt, that the product that we are providing them is the absolute best product they can possibly have. And that's and I understand that's a fortunate position to be in, and that's why we're able to be uh, so passionate about it. Uh, but it's we run into those situations from time to time, and, and we just have to remind them that, hey, look, you know, this. <laughs> what I tell myself is, you know, when you're serving these first responders, that you're serving their families, and the way to serve their families when they are no longer on this earth and they are looking down from above, they will see how their family was taken care of. And that's extremely important to us. Come on, man. Man, that's that's a blessing, man. And, and you know, you know, being real, there's so many scams out there. There's so many people Absolutely. on the take. And, you know, we've been blessed and privileged, man. Just at our headquarters in Tulsa, Oklahoma, every single day, we are honored and blessed to serve over 500 first responders that walk through our doors to be provided the tools to be fit for duty and fit for life, from the strength and conditioning to the mental conditioning to uh, on-site therapists, dietitians, physical therapy. I mean, all the tools they need to win in life, it's there. And we still get people, still get first responders that are like, no, I, I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, what do you mean? It, which is a nonprofit. We went out and fundraised <laughs> you know, over half a million dollars just in Tulsa for the headquarters. And wow. I'll never forget that one of the chiefs of Tulsa Fire he wrote an amazing endorsement for, for our book that we put out, uh, um, and, and he said something in there. He said, you know, in the beginning, when Coach JC walked into our department, our agency, he said, of course, we all put that wall up. We're all skeptical because 
Most people don't know, man, I have a hundred things come across my desk or my email every single day of people wanting to get in to the first responder world. People wanting to give something to first responders or let me sell you this insurance. Let me sell you that program for fitness. Let me. And he's like, man, it gets overwhelming. Everybody's always on the take. So when you walked in here, of course, we put a guard up initially, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I think that's natural. And, and I get it. I'm from Jersey, man. I mean, <laughs> you know, my mom on one side, when I, when I was growing up, she always taught me, you know, trust everybody until they give you a reason not to trust them. And my dad, the hardcore Italian's like, what are you talking about? Trust nobody <laughs> ever, you know? Yeah. So um, I get it. And, and I, we've been blessed and privileged now that we're kind of, you know, they look at us as an insider. And, man, we are honored. We don't take that for granted um, because you never know, man. I, I, it, that could be taken any day to have the, 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 the calling on our life, to be called at a time as this, man. I could just assume how blessed you feel 23 hours at a correctional facility. It doesn't matter all day. Who cares mm-hmm. when you get in your car and you leave, man, and know that you provided something for a hero, for those that serve us every single day, that you had the opportunity to serve them. What? Man, I know when I yep. leave the gym after the end of the day and it's late nights and we might work 12, 14-hour days, man, it's so just satisfactory, man, to drive home and I'll call or text my wife or my daughter. And I'm like, you have no idea the story we heard today, man. A first responder, man, they talked about, man, they were on the brink of suicide or their marriage was, they were about to get divorced. And, man, you should have seen what happened at the gym. And, it, you know, I, I know that feeling. So I just know sometimes when you have a fire like you have, man, that's just lit inside of you to serve and give. You just want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity uh, to, 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 to have that. So, man, we're Absolutely. honored, man. And, and I'll tell you real quick, I mean, what, what, really, <laughs> what really lit the fire in me was uh, about two years ago, uh, I was at an evening roll call at a uniform patrol at a police department and uh, gave the eight-minute brief, passed out the policies. I'm sitting down with them each one-on-one. And there was one guy at the very end, uh, was three-fourths of the way filling out his policy for additional coverage. He was going to do, I think it was like $250,000 of additional coverage. Three-fourths of the way done filling out the policy. And he said, hey, man, you know what? Let me look at this tonight. I'll come back to a roll call in the morning, and uh, and I'll let you know what I decide because I was going to be at the roll call the next morning for the next shift. Uh, And so I explained to him that, hey, we can fill this out now. Uh, you don't even have to come back tomorrow morning to, to fill it out. You can just call me if you need to change anything. No problem. He said, well, you know, I, I just want to, I just want to read this over. Um, you know, no rush. I said, okay, no problem. Three hours later, shot in the head and killed. Stop. Are you serious? I showed up to roll call the next morning. Uh, news trucks are there. Police chief comes walking in, explaining what happened tonight before during roll call. And I'm sitting there thumbing through all the policies because I knew I met with every single person from the night before. And on, and then it it hit me. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. It was him. And so, wow. as you as as you can imagine, half the day I I I spent you know wondering what his signature might look like. Um, but I do like my job and and like to keep it. Uh, but it's nothing that we could have done. If he would have signed that piece of paper, he would have not paid our company one penny yet, but we would have paid the full $250,000, uh, that he had elected. And not only that included in all of our additional coverage uh, are two things that are super, super important. I want to mention one is called the Charles C. Blanton survivor scholarship. It's included in all the additional coverage. The only really element of our coverage that pertains to a line of duty death, if a first responder were to pass in the line of duty, on top of the death benefit, we pay a $40,000 college scholarship 
left in that person's name for their children or spouse Come to be used school. What? So you know, the reason we do that is statistically life insurance gets exhausted after the third or fourth year once yeah. they're paying mortgage and debts and replacing income. So that scholarship is left in that person's name till the children get of age to go to school and then it pays $10,000 a year for four years or the spouse can use it for college expenses at any time. And then the last thing that to me is absolutely most important, once they've been with us for two years or longer, uh, they go on what we call our honor system and uh, it has what we call an emergency death benefit. So if a first responder were to pass and the beneficiary calls our headquarters to report that death, based on that phone call alone, no death certificate, no other verification. We basically take their word on that phone call. We send them the first 15000 of the death benefit within 24 hours so that they can take care of those immediate needs like funeral costs, which are usually up front and out of pocket. And for those that are listening to this right now that have ever dealt with getting money from a life insurance policy before, you're probably shaking your head because you know it takes three to six months usually to get that money. And, and the hoops that they make you go through, the documentation that they make you fill out, it's the worst possible process. Mm. It's not exactly what you want to be doing when, you're, when you've just lost a loved one is filling out packets of information on how they died and all yeah. of this other information. And you know, to me, quite frankly, I just tell people, look, if I die, it makes me super uncomfortable to know that if I die, a for-profit insurance company is going to do everything in their power not to pay that policy out. Yeah to take as long as they can to pay it out because they make money by keeping money, yeah, not yeah. by keeping it away. Yeah. And so it's just super, super powerful. And the stories that we have, story after story uh, of those emergency death benefits getting in those beneficiaries' hands, one of which here was in Greenville, South Carolina. We had a firefighter uh, that died. We hand-delivered that check to the spouse. Not only did she not call and file the claim yet, she didn't even know that they had the policy because he never even told her about it. Wow. The amount of life insurance death claims that are not being paid out on a daily basis that they are triggered in their system would buy a social security number when someone dies, but they do not have a obligation to reach out to those people wow. is appalling. Wow. But we are proactively every single day searching to see if there are any first responder deaths so that we can make sure that those benefits are getting paid as quickly as humanly possible. Come on, man. And you know what, Tyler? It makes me think of something real quick, uh, Tyler, is, you know, Fit First Responders, our nonprofit was created to provide the first responders with the tools necessary to be fit for duty, physically and mentally ready to do their job. And we do our best. We provide them all the things they need to win on the job. But even though we provide them all that, man, it's a real life, you know, like it or mm -hmm. not. It's a real life scenario every single day that they leave their house they get in their car, they drive to the agency, they, 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 they go to a squad meeting, they, they check out, and they get in a, in a squad patrol car or, 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 or take a call to a fire or whatever it may be, that their mm -hmm. life could be on the line. As, as well as we prepare them, everything we do behind the scenes to make sure they are equipped, that they're ready, and they're prepared, mm -hmm. it's still a real-life scenario every single day. And, you know, I, 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 I go to the flip side of that, and I say... Man, the fit for life aspect of what we're doing. All right. So if you're winning on the job every single day, but you're losing in life. And what do I mean by that? 
Man, the statistics right now for first responders, Tyler, you probably know them as well as I know. I research them all the time. But, man, there are things that are in their control. A lot of the times on the job, you go to a fire, you're going to do your best. So you, you, you get shot. So tragedy happens. Those mm. things can be out of your control. But there's yep. things like suicide rate right now is at an all-time high amongst mm. first responders. You got the divorce rate at an all-time high, mental depression and oppression. You got obesity and, and, heart, and heart attacks and all these things where now first responders, statistics are saying the life expectancy is 62 to 64 years old. So I'm saying, I look at what you're doing, I'm like, man, it just makes so much sense. As much as on the flip side of it, what we're doing, I'm saying, man, I, you're going to need this eventually, but I'm hoping you don't die till you're 90, 100 years old. I hope you Absolutely. have a prosperous life. But you know what? This is insurance policy. It's set up and it's there and it's ready when they need it, man. And I, and I, and I love what you're doing. And I want to give you an opportunity really quick. Actually, you know what? I'll give you an opportunity at the end to do that. Before we go there, and that story that you shared was touching, man. The story where, you know, that guy said, let me think about it, man. Let me let me come back tomorrow, and sure. his life is taken. And we have, I have a story like that, you know, from a first responder with suicide. And I think we all have a story. And mm. I think there's first responders listening right now that are, are on the top of the world, man. They're, they're, they might be a high ranking. They might have everything going well for them. And they might be thinking, well, I don't really need this. Or there's a first responder that's broken right now in life and says, man... Death is probably right around the corner for me, man. I'm, I'm not living the, the most healthy life. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing everything I need to do to be fit for duty or fit for life. Or, man, I'm kind of the fear that on the streets every single day. Man, we want to encourage you right now to take action. At the end, Tyler's going to give you a way to take action and make this happen. But before we go there, Tyler, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change gears, man. I'm going to make a little light for a second here. <laughs> okay. Every guest that we bring on, man, we like to put you in the hot seat. And what we do here, it's about being fit for duty and fit for life. So I want to give you 30 seconds, and I'm just going to hit you with an area to be fit for duty and fit for life and what you do. And I just want you to tell the audience, because I believe anybody can motivate, inspire, and empower people. I want you to tell us, man, what do you do to win in that area of your life? What do you do to win in that area of your life? Hot seat. Come on, this is Fit for Duty, Fit for Life podcast. I'm with my main man, Tyler Harris from First Responder Task Force. All right, Tyler, are you ready for the hot seat, my man? I am ready. All right, here we go. The first area, what do you do personally? Man, I want you to give us every, let us in your life, man. Tell us how we can win. What do you do mentally to win in life, brother? Man, for me, I would say mentally, I'm a huge, huge law of attraction guy. And... And for me, law of attraction is is auditing your thoughts, and it's thinking about what you're thinking about. And I personally flee from negativity, flee from it. Come on. I, I, re I very rarely, very, very rarely ever even watch the news anymore. Uh, I just don't do it uh, because it's I, I just flee from negativity. It, the only things that I want coming into my brain are positive things. And, and that's been such a huge, huge, um, huge area of growth for me probably over the last five years uh, has been that switch. Uh, that switch from, you know, I was in a place where, you know, I was, I was feeling sorry for myself and I was playing that victim card for a long time. Uh, and, and ultimately that was the switch that, that ultimately I realized I got myself into this situation 
no matter what that is, whether it's good or bad, I, I am the one that got me in that situation. But the encouragement is that if I got myself into it, I can get myself out of it. And 100% that starts with your mental aspect and the way you think about every single uh, thing that happens to you. Uh, it, it's all about how you think about it. So for me, it's law of attraction. 100%. All day. I love it. Law of attraction. Tyler Harris here we go, baby. Physically, what do you do to win in life, to be fit for life? Man, I saw you. Now, listen, man, I saw your picture, bro. You sent a picture <laughs> in. Man, uh, you're making a huge transformation. So what are you doing? Come on, physically to win in life. So for me, I mean, this morning I got up, I, I got up at 430 I was in the gym by five, did an hour of cardio, hour of weights. If you're watching me right now, I've got a gallon jug of water sitting next to the laptop as we're doing this <laughs> uh, podcast. So uh, for me, I live on the road. So I'm three to four nights a week. I'm on the road. And so I prepare all my meals uh, on Sunday and, and I pack them up in a big cooler and bring them into the hotel with me. And I can tell you last year, I did not eat a single meal while I was on the road that wasn't prepared by me so that I know every single thing that's going into my body, drink about a gallon to a gallon and a half of water a day, uh, and, and just train and train, train in a way that it's so funny. It's hard to even, honestly, it's hard to, hard to describe, but I, I think some people's definition of, of, uh, weight training or, or working out, uh, <laughs> is very minimal to, to my definition. I mean, I, I think that on a daily basis, you just need to get drenched in sweat, uh, and get to the point of absolute fatigue. Uh, it's just super important mentally too. I mean, it goes back to the mental, uh, but on a physical side, uh, it's just, you know, constant shock to your body, uh, trying different new things that you can do, uh, to really take yourself uh, to the next level. Uh, but what I've realized over the last probably really two years is that my entire life I've tried to outwork a bad diet <laughs> pretty much my entire life. And I finally, finally, finally said, okay, it's impossible. Yeah, man. Come on, <laughs> brother. So that's, it, so that's really where like for me, you know, carbs, carbs are, carbs are it for me. When I cut carbs, I cut fat like crazy. It just is a super unfortunate that every delicious, amazing <laughs> thing in the world is a carb. But, uh, but for me, that's, that's huge. Come uh, on. Is, is cutting carbs and uh, keeping the water intake high and just knowing everything that's going into your body, quite frankly. That's big, man. That's big. And if you're listening, man, you're part of FFR family, man, he said what I want to, what I want to emphasize and what he said is plan and prepare, plan and prepare. That is habit number nine on our 10 habits for you to win in your nutrition. And you said, I plan and prepare. I know when I'm going to get up and when I'm going to work out, I plan and prepare. I have my food I planned it. I prepared. I know what I'm eating. I have my gallon of water. I'm going to drink my gallon. Half. Plan and prepare. That's how you win physically. Get in the gym. Do what you got to do. All right, we hit the mental. We hit the physical. Man, talk to me. Tyler Harris, First Responder Task Force. What do you do to win emotionally and spiritually, my man? So that's that's a great one right now for me to talk about because I'm in the process of, of starting a new church right now uh, here in Greenville, South Carolina. So, man, my my spiritual side has been a huge, um, huge work in progress right now. And it's just on another level, uh, quite frankly, um, just just spending time in prayer, um, going from the the, the regular just uh, thank you for this. Sorry for that to real, real real 
real prayer, <laughs> uh, prayer with purpose. And, and that's been huge, uh, for, for my spiritual growth. Uh, and, and I think a lot of that, um, has to do with the information that that's getting fed to you. Um, you know, we can control a lot of, of what we're consuming. Um, and so when I'm in the car, you know, I'm trying to listen to, to different um, things that are going to put positive uh, energy um, into me instead of negative and not wasting time in the car listening to music that doesn't matter, um, you know, using that time uh, to, to be, uh, you know, to grow. And so that uh, compounded with some quiet time in the morning. Uh, I think has been really big. Uh, I'm I run a million miles an hour. I got I have a <laughs> I have a lot of stuff that I have going on right now. So I am constantly on the run, um, up at 4:30 every morning and at it till late at night. And for me to to have five, 10, 15 minutes of just peace and quiet, it's usually for me going to be in the car. Uh, and so I think a lot of people when they look at the spiritual side, they think, okay, I've got to I've got to have you know, 30 minutes that I, that I sit in my little spot, my little meditation spot, and I got to have, you know, this there and this there and this environment, you know, that you can have those moments anywhere. Um, and, and I think it's, it's, it's utilizing what you have and making the most of what you have, uh, to, to, to work on your spiritual side for me has been, has been paramount all day, man. I love it. I love it. Tyler Harris, First Responder Task Force, you heard him just now talk about the spiritual and emotional. Pray with purpose. Take some quiet time so that you can grow. We talked about the physical plan and prepare the mental law of attraction. Last but not least, my man, you're in a hot seat. What do you do to win when it comes to the relationships in your life? Oh, man, that's a good one. So with relation, you know, it's such a buzzword nowadays and such a <laughs> such a difficult topic of work-life balance. And and I have a pretty interesting stance on work-life balance that I personally just don't think it exists. Um, work-life balance is very personal. I, I cannot sit here with with a number of people listening to me and tell you what your work-life balance needs to be because it's absolutely personal to each and every person, each and every person's relationship with their spouse or with their significant other relationship with their, their kids. Do they have kids relationship with their friends? It is, it is so personal, but, but what I know is any area that you are increasing your time in is taking away from time from, from somewhere else. And so what I have just tried to do is just tried to 100% be all in on whatever area that I'm working in at that moment. So I've had friends, for example, I, I travel a lot. So I'm gone, you know, three, four nights a week. Last year, I spent 210 nights in a hotel. The, the year before that, I spent 235 nights in a hotel. And I have friends that have, that have told me like, man, you're going you're gonna to burn out, you know, you're going to burn out. Like you need to be home more with your family. And what I explained to them is that when I'm home, I'm home. I'm 100% there. And, and I even kind of push a little harder on them and tell them, hey, I'm gone four nights a week, but I spend more quality time with my wife than you do, and you're home every single day. <laughs> because you're, you're out at the bar, and you're out you know, with your bowling league, or you're out playing this or doing that, and you're just messing around, and, and you think you're 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 more involved with your family, but you're not really there. Mm. And so I try to, I try to just take that all in yep. 
environment to, to work, to, to working out, to, to all of them, to, to the physical, the spiritual, the relational. It's, it's in everywhere, just try to heighten each of them. And really, that's all we can do. I, I really think there's some perfect work-life balance out there. Uh, and there's certainly not one that someone can stand on a, on a uh, platform and preach because it's different to every single person. All day, man. Did you say bowling league? Do people still bowl? <laughs> that just came to my mind. I have no idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Back where I'm from in Jersey, you get beat up for bowling. So <laughs> I'm just joking. If you're a bowler out there, man, don't send me hate mail, man. Come on. If you're a bowler, that was Tyler Harris, first responder task force. Send it to his email. Hey, real quick to recap. And man, if people are listening, they're going to think we've talked before. I actually have a winning, uh, I have 60 seconds. It's called Motivational Minutes with Coach JC. And I just absolutely crush it for 60 seconds. I just deliver everything I can for a topic, and that way you can listen to it over and over and renew your mind like the Bible talks about. And um, one of mine is all in to win. So that's what you said when it comes to relationships. You heard it. Tyler Harris, first responder task force in relationships. How does he win? He's all in when he's there, baby. Spiritually, he said, hey, pray with purpose. Take some quiet time, excuse me, to grow. Physically, plan and prepare. Get in there and grind it out. Do what you got to do. And law of attraction when it comes to mentally. Hey, who loves you? I do. This is Coach JC, and once again, I am joined by my main man himself, Tyler Harris with First Responder Task Force. He's the national coordinator, leading 75 coordinators right now throughout the U.S. as they serve first responders every single day, man. It's a man on a mission. If you need to connect with them, you can connect with them, www.firstrespondertaskforce.com. We'll have that info on our website as well. Hit him up on Instagram. Hit him up on Facebook. My man, Tyler Harris, man, our special guest. We honor you. We thank you for joining us today. Um, is there anything else you want to say as we close today, my man? Closing thoughts. Man, I, man, I would love to uh, to leave you with a quote. And and first, I, I can't thank you enough for, for having us on and and uh, shedding a little bit of light of what, of what we're doing for first responders nationwide. But, man, I've heard a quote two weeks ago, and it has absolutely just been wrecking me and driving me <laughs> to a level that I've never been at. Uh, and, and I wanted to tell you guys that today, and that is the pain of falling short is nothing compared to the shame of stopping short. Mm, come on. So the pain of falling short is nothing compared to the shame of stopping short. And that for me has been just absolutely lit a fire inside of me and what we're doing and trying to reach these 100,000 first responders every single year. And we're not going to stop until we do it. All day, man. We are honored. We're grateful. Thanks for all you do, my man, and your whole team over there. Hey, once again, guys, we thank you for joining in, man. All of our listeners today from all over the U.S., Yes, the United States of America, the greatest country in the world. But, of course, all of our international listeners, we love you. We thank you for tuning in. Um, don't forget to connect with us on social media, Fit First Responders. You know how to find us, FFRonline.tv. Get on there, man. Get all the tools you need to be fit for duty and fit for life. Hey, if you're a frequent listener, you know how we close out every podcast. It is that time, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to honor those that deserve to be honored, and it is time 
to recognize those that deserve to be recognized. All of our law enforcement officers out there, yes, you, we honor you, we recognize you. Firefighters, medics, National Guard, military, we thank you and we honor you and we recognize you for all that you do. FFR, Fifth First Responders, loves you. We thank you. Hey, God bless. God bless America. This is Coach JC. Thank you for listening to Fit for Duty and Fit for Life. And let me remind you, you are fit for duty. You are fit for life. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you for doing your part to be fit for duty and fit for life.